Welcome to the S&M Experience. Alright, welcome everybody to the S&M Experience. My name's Matthew. We also have in the studio, Jen Pepper. What up? We have Stephen Holmes. Hey! And we have a special guest, Aaron C. Neeb. Hotly ha, doodly do. Guess what the C stands for? Chunky. <laughs> but uh, today's theme is all about community. Do you guys want to jump into the writer's room? Yeah, let's do it. Writer's room. Writer's room. Writer's room. Go around, lads. It's time for the writer's room. Kawabanga. So today we're going to be reading a script by Jen Pepper called Chaz's Eternal House of Style. Um, in this script, we have a narrator. I'll do the narrating. Uh, Steve, do you want to be Chaz? Sure. And Jen, would you like to be Edith? Yeah. And Aaron, you just laugh. <laughs> you can be the laugh track. Okay. We're inside a funeral home. It's evening. A soft organ plays at Edith Brown, 80, solemnly approaches her late husband's casket on a small altar. A neon sign above flickers and reads, Chaz's house of eternal style. Edith, distraught, lets out a tiny sob. Behind her, the funeral director, Chaz, enters at the back of the chapel. His turtleneck reads, funeral. The first three letters of the word are in bold. (laughs) Chaz's arms open for a hug. Edith, baby, you're looking fresh to death. I am loving all black on you, so chic. Edith looks uncomfortable in Chad's embrace. Um, is Monty ready? Of course, sweetheart. Now listen. I know in the consult we talked about keeping things real classic, but I was on Pinterest, and my Coachella mood boards got me thinking in a different direction. So I came up with a look that is, like, giving me life right now. But I brought you his tweed suit. I know, Edie. But he looked like the poop emoji in that. He had no color in his face, like, whoo! Poor guy looked like a sad potato salad going into, going bad in a tannin booth. <laughs> May I see him? Edith goes to open the coffin, but Chaz blocks her. Uh, before you see him, I took some creative license in the interest of old Morty here. Slaps the top of the coffin. And... I need to. I need you to trust that I'm a professional style engineer to the souls of the great beyond. Chaz maintains intense eye contact with Edith and opens a coffin with the dramatic flair of a magician. Oh, Monty! I know. It's so hot right now. You, you can't do this. This is outrageous. I feel, in my aura, this is what Monty wanted. You pierced his nipple. He's got a neck tattoo. Chaz admires his work. It means. Truth? And, and, and this, this sprout! Huh? Oh, right. The man bun really pulls the look together. Oh, Monty, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. Monty loves it. Chaz runs behind the coffin, props up Monty, and uses his arms to gesture. Edith, look how hip I am. <laughs> Chaz is a visionary. <laughs> Edith runs from the chapel. Style is eternal, Edith. His nose hairs were out of control. No refunds on the Groupon. And scene. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's fun. <laughs> so, Jen, may I ask you a few questions about your script? Sure, yeah. What, uh, what inspired you to write about a uh, funeral home? A uh, funeral home? Hmm, I'm not really sure. 
Um, this was inspired by a trip to the hair salon, really. And then I just thought, uh, wouldn't it be fun if it was about dead people instead? <laughs> yeah, like all scripts, right? <laughs> yeah. Just make them dead. <laughs> just make them dead. They do make them up quite a bit in, cough, in, in funeral homes, actually. Yeah. There's actually somebody's job, like an aesthetician at a funeral home, actually. Or wait, aesthetician, not anesthetician. <laughs> Whoops. They're already <laughs> dead. <laughs> Neve, I have a question for you. Would you ever be one of those? Would you ever uh, be a mortician? I thought you were going to say a dead person. <laughs> Aaron, do you plan on dying? <laughs> and, uh, would I would I ever do uh, the makeup for dead people? Yeah. If if the opportunity came up and I didn't, I just like just got to do it. Like if you won a contest, you submit a hashtag on Twitter, you win. Hashtag dream job. <laughs> yeah. If I won a contest, I you know. Yeah, I do it. I do it. But, like, I'm pretty sure they don't just let anybody around dead people. Especially not Aaron Neeb. Definitely yeah. not Aaron Neeb. Yeah, is there a reason that they wouldn't let you particularly around dead people? Too weird. I'm Agnes. And I'm Iris. And this is Tea Time with Agnes and Iris. And who am I again? Yeah, Agnes. Oh! All right, we have a special guest today. Agnes and Iris have both come from the old folks' home to visit us today. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Agnes. How are you today? I am fantastic. You're such a nice boy. Oh, yes. Thanks. And uh, Iris, how are you today? Hello, Matthew. I also think you're a lovely boy. But how come you never visit? Why don't you ever visit? I I visit sometimes. But not enough. Not enough. You never visit. You never call. Not since your grandpa Artie died. Oh, he was a hunk. He was. Hot piece of meat. Mmm. I loved Artie. Even in the nursing home, he was a stud. Yeah, um, thanks for that. So I understand that you're going to give the young people our young listeners some uh, tips from your uh, long lives. We think, we think, we think, yeah, we've been living a long time. We've picked up our fair share of experiences in life. A lot of experiences. Numerous. Can you give us an example, maybe? I've been involved in several vehicular manslaughter cases. Iris, several, several. There's been many more than several. A couple dozen. I've lost my license seven times, but they keep giving it back. Do you have a license currently? No. Do I drive? Yes. Am I going to mow down some kids tomorrow? Possibly. Have you considered taking the bus? We don't have buses in our small town, and uh, we also probably shouldn't be leaving the nursing home very often. We sneak out quite often. Yeah. We like to joyride. Yeah. That's another advice for life. Always have fun. <laughs> Even if it's at other people's expense, lives, money. Agnes loves having fun. Taking, taking the boys' money, hitting the town. What do you do, Agnes? What do I do? Yeah. Well, I do all the things that I'm not supposed to. I eat ice cream, Ooh. which is a double whammy because I'm diabetic and lactose intolerant. It gets so stinky in the car. But you know, sometimes getting that sick is the only way to meet nice boys in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you met many nice boys 
in the hospital. Sorry, you said you had some questions, Matthew? I just wonder about some maybe some relationship tips for our, our young listeners. Now, Agnes, have you had many partners in your life? Many partners. Dancing or sexual? One number's much bigger than the other. I'll let you decide which one. So, if I was to be pursuing a young man or woman, Uh how would I go about doing that? Well, if you're pursuing them, depending on the pursuit, I suggest hijacking a car and then trying not to mow them down, or perhaps mowing them down. Manslaughter, you can get off on manslaughter, and I do mean get off. Now, Iris, I prefer to go another route. When I'm in the hospital meeting these nice young boys, (coughs) meeting these nice young boys, I like to take whatever cocktail they're giving me, usually codeine, and just slip it in the and then drink. And then it's Agnes's time for fun. That's why I like going to the hospital. She does love those cocktails. So to clarify, you recommend drugging the person that you're interested in? Of course, that's how me and my husband met. Oh, Morty. I thought it was Artie. No, that was Matt's grandfather. Oh, right. You're so senile. We should get you back to the home. Before you kill again. Yeah, we, I think we better get you, get you both back to the home. Thank you for visiting the studio today, Agnes and Iris. Thank you for having us. Thank such you, a Matthew. Voice. So nice. And I hope you come back. Thank you. We'll be driving. Beep, beep, get out of the way. Movie pictures, bitches. Let's all go to the lobby. I'll go first with the genre. The genre is romantic comedy. Okay. Yeah, I can get behind that. Okay, Jen, name uh, the initials of one of your aunts. Uh, JC. JC. All right, Steve. JC rom-com. Jesus Calling. Mmm, that's good. <laughs> I like it. All right, hit me with the synopsis. It's an Easter rom-com. <laughs> is that the worst time for that to be? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know my Jesus stuff quite. No, that's great. It's a history rom-com. That's like a new... Biblical rom-com. Biblical rom-com. Biblical rom-com. They're few and far between. <laughs> Most biblical movies are very serious. I think we open... We open... I mean, these characters, we get to know Jesus and maybe Mary Magdalene. But uh, I think Bethlehem is like... It's a character in itself. Like Manhattan. Yeah. But Bethlehem, is that right? Well, well, that's where, that's where he was born. Okay, that works for me. So maybe, does he go to the different places in Bethlehem? Like they have tea at the tea place in Bethlehem? How big was Bethlehem? That was pretty small, small little town. I like that Aaron's our expert on morgue estheticians <laughs> and <laughs> biblical <laughs> cities. <laughs> Also, when you asked how big that place was there, when you were describing the place, I was like, I pictured the cantina scene out of Star Wars, <laughs> just with biblical people in it. <laughs> Same soundtrack, just like Judas is there having a drink. <laughs> the three wise men are like, Bib Fortuna. Does Jesus draw first? I want to know what the meat cute is. What if Jesus is a bartender, you know? He's turning water to wine, huh? You know, to please the the religious crowd. 
and good. a young lady walks into the cantina. So we involve the uh, some Star Wars references for the young kids. So we got the traditional people. We got the young kids. That's how they meet. It's at a bar. He's a bartender. And he's ripped. I like that. What if he's back for the second coming? <laughs> right? It's the second coming. I haven't seen the first coming. And he's... <laughs> And he's supposed to, like, he's on a mission for God, but, like, he falls in love, and it's, like, putting the mission in serious jeopardy. Mm -hmm. But, like, he has to blend in, so he's, like, he's into CrossFit, which is why he's got all the muscles. He turns water into wine. Like, he's, like, he's helping out this, like, small tavern that's been struggling for years. So he, like... Yeah, he's like he's he's being very charitable. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not quite sure. Like, it sounds like the Jesus I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I obviously know a lot about. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What else could he be doing? Should he be able to turn into a werewolf? Why not? I think that he has to fight Satan at some point too. These are all like key rom-com plot points. <laughs> we did kind of go off the rails there, and it kind of became a a teen drama with with werewolves and vampires, but. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but you never talk about how he meets Mary Magdalene. Is Mary Magdalene the woman he, like, falls for? I could see that, or maybe, like, the bar he's working for. Like, he comes in, and she's, like, owning it, and it's, like, having a hard time getting business. And then he's, like, he's like, what do you have a lot of? And she's, like, we got all this water. And he's, like, <laughs> let me help you out. And she's, like, this place needs a miracle. There, and there's a guy from the town who's trying to shut them down, like, trying yeah. to shut the tavern down. And the only thing that'll like the only the only thing that'll like change his mind is like thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> is that a deep cut? I don't know. That might be a deep cut. No, it's, it's a deep cut, but I think the some of the filmgoers will appreciate that. It works. Yeah. It works. I mean, inflation has gone up seemingly a bit. Seemingly quite a bit. I mean, betrayal these days, right? Oh. Used to just be thirty pieces of silver. Huh. Do people know that Jesus is Jesus, or do they think he's just like a hunky, hunky dude? I think we should be a bit coy about it. Yeah. yeah, and then it's kind of like in the trailer, it could be like, she thought she wanted a bad boy, but what she really wanted was the best, nicest boy of all time. <laughs> the most perfect of them all. I love that's, nickna- that's the nickname of Jesus in the Bible. The best, nicest boy you've ever seen. The best, nicest boy who never breaks the rules. <laughs> I just had an idea about the reveal. What if we save the reveal that he's actually Jesus to the very end? And Jesus is simply his first name, but he always just goes by his middle name, which is, I don't know, Jeff. You know, it's... Or he's just the cool guy, JC. Actually, his... Jesus Jeffrey Christ. <laughs> no, isn't it Jesus H. Christ? They always say Jesus H. Hitler. Jesus <laughs> Hitler Christ. And we lost all our funding. No, no, no. It's not going to disappear when he's a werewolf, <laughs> and it's a sexy rom-com. And he's ripped. Oh, Jesus was always ripped. Well, I mean, these are great things. Like, I assume Jesus probably was ripped. Like, do you think he's really a pudgy dude? He walked a lot, right? Yeah, he walked a lot. He was a carpenter, so oh, yeah, he's, he's probably awesome. carrying wood, you know? I bet he's carrying wood. <laughs> yeah. So what should this movie be rated? Are we going for PG-14? We're talking rated R? I think, well, Passion of the Christ was rated R. So I think the church girls will go to an R movie. I mean, it depends how far how far we decide to go, you know. I think we really verged off of like the rom com genre, though. 
is he gonna is it gonna get kinky and she pulls out a whip and Jesus is like I've had enough of that. <laughs> the other question too is if he's in this place, he's probably has, he has to perform like maintenance on the room, right? Does he have a nail gun? Does he have a? Hammer I guess we should decide when we're setting this. Yeah. I do like this kind of blend of modern day and olden times. Maybe it's like the eighties. Like still set in still set in the cantina in Jerusalem or Bethlehem, <laughs> but. It's modern day, like it's now. They have cell phones and shit. What if it's like the semi-racist shows that are on nowadays where they show places in the Middle East just like that? They're like, it's basically the Old Testament, but with cell phones. I think we should have a scene where Jesus is getting ready for a date and uh, he has to go out and his friends are like, hey, JC, I mean, she's she's drinks. And she's kind of like maybe looking for some action. Do you think you can handle your liquor? And if that's if that's what you're into, you ready to go all the way? And he's like, "Hey guys, I've been hammered and nailed before." Jen just shakes her head. No. Too far. Uh, Thought you were gonna say too soon. Like it was two thousand years ago. <laughs> I think we got that. That's a great movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I'd, I'd take a girl to that movie. Yeah. That's good. Do you guys want to move on to the next segment? Yeah. Now, a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Grandma Gertie's Canned Noodles. I know whenever I'm in the mood for noodles, I like to crack open a can of Grandma Gertie's Canned Noodles. Slurp them down. Slurp down those noodles. For 20% off your next can of noodles, when you're in the moodle, uh, try the promo code GRANNYCANS. That is Granny Cans. Get slurping. All right, you guys want to do some listener advice? Yeah, I think that'd be good. Okay, so Dave from, from Vermont writes in, I want to make my feelings known for my roommate, but I don't, don't want things to be weird if she's not interested. What should I do? Now, Steve, I understand that you happen to live with a lady is that correct i do i do um so you seem like in a pretty good position to answer this one um i guess i mean i've i've been in that situation i can relate to dave here if you're in a living situation with someone be them man or woman and uh you have an attraction if you don't want to come right out and make things weird be like hey uh Maybe we could, you know, have a date sometime. So wait, are you are you saying you should do that? I'm saying if you don't want to do that, because it could be it could get awkward if you do that, you know. Here, let's 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 demonstrate for the audience how awkward that'd be. I'll be a lady, you be Dave from Vermont. Your roommate, okay. Uh oh, hey Melanie, it's me, Dave, your roommate. Hi, Dave. Hey, so I was thinking. Like, I know we've been living together for a while. It's been really great. It's been a week, Dave. I know. It feels like it's been long. I feel like I've known you my whole life. You you haven't. I know. It just feels that way, Melanie. Um, (laughs) You're so funny. Um, I thought, you know, maybe if you wanted, there's a show. There's, like, a band. They're really cool playing at a bar um, tomorrow night. Did you want to go with me? Like, No, No, I don't. Okay. Okay. Um, I just made some mac and cheese. If you want, if you want some, uh, you... I I don't. Okay. 
So yeah, I, I see where you, like that roleplay thing worked really well. You see how awkward that could get. It it did not. It didn't work out. So Jen, you are a lady. How would you like to be approached by somebody living with you? I don't know. Like maybe if you come home one night and your roommate has made you know something like some dinner. Oh. That might be nice. Like you come home and they're like very thoughtful and they say like, oh yeah, I knew you were working late tonight, so made this uh, dinner for you. Uh, I think that indicates like more than feelings, you know. Like there's feelings going on if you're mm. if you're cooking for somebody, you know. Now is but, there is there a kind of food you should cook? Like if it's just mac and cheese, do you think that's kind of sending the wrong message? Uh, it says you're cheap. It says you're cheap. But so, like lobster, I assume would be like too much. Yeah, no, that's like I love you on a plate. It's like you got to split the difference. I'd say something like a, like a chicken breast, maybe with like. Uh, like a nice, like maybe a, a piri piri sauce, or um, or or you could. I mean, if you want to, you know, really set the mood, you can use uh, some aphrodisiacs. You know, some powerful aphrodisiacs are like oysters, um, strawberries, chocolate. So really, you could just throw oysters, strawberries, and chocolate on a plate, serve that up. Oh, and uh, don't forget, you got to add those Grandma Gertie's canned noodles. They're probably an aphrodisiac. I'm... Gets my noodle hard. That's called al dente. Ooh. <laughs> I think. I think also. Uh, you know, sometimes women's like uh, girls like confidence. And another thing Dave could try is, you know, instead of being kind of a wiener like he was in that role play we did, you know, he can just walk in. Maybe when she's even in the shower, slam down a box of condoms, and be like. We're going to use all of these right now. That seems like it could work. It could work. And if there's a backup there where if she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He can be like, water balloon fight. And then it's like, oh, he's playful and fun. And then that's a back door in to her back door. Oh. You, you could always be like, oh, I thought you were someone else. Be like, oh, my God, horrible mistake. I thought you were a supermodel. You know how, like, negging is a big thing? You should, like, mention her best friend. You should be like, oh, my God, I thought you were Mindy. Sorry. And then she'll be like, Mindy, he's into Mindy? Mindy's an idiot. Jealousy. Jealousy. Yeah, yeah, spark that. What if you play a bit hard to get? Like, instead of saying, I like you and I want to date you, what if you do the opposite and kind of treat her like dirt? You could do that with the dinner again. You could, you know, she could come in and you could be making dinner, like a really nice dinner. Like Jen talked about, not just mac and cheese, but like she'd be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, just making dinner." I made a lot, and then when she's like, "Oh, I'm kind of hungry," you can be like, "Oh," and then just throw the rest of it in the garbage. She'll kind of be like, "Oh, he's so aloof." She'd be like, "I really wanted those Gertie's canned noodles, that asshole." How can I make him want to make me those? I'm I'm rolling with your idea, Steve. Here, you make a nice pasta dish, say, but then you just ruin it. Like when you're like, you hand it to her, then like. Oh, do you want some ketchup? And she's like, no, because it's Alfredo. And then you just like, just like dump it on. And then that shows what you think about her, which is not very much. And you could take it a step further and just knock that plate out of her hand. Just out of her hand. Yeah, I don't know. Or what if you're trying to, what if you're trying to say like, I know you, but not that well that I'm obsessed with you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know an allergy she may have and you've made a dinner. Mm -hmm. But you made seafood. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, my God, you made me dinner. Oh, my God, my face will swell up like a porcupine if I eat this. 
So it's like, I care about you, but not all that much. So I did care, not know. But I kind of want you to go to the hospital. But that could, that could work too, where you act, you slip her the seafood, which she is allergic to. You have to take her to the hospital. Like, oh, I didn't know. And then you're like a hero. And then if you get your nurse's degree, you could be the nurse that helps save her and brings her back to life. So after she sees that flash of light from death, she comes back and first thing she sees Dave. Dave from Vermont. Dave from Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like Dave from Vermont, you know, um, if you want to make your feelings known to your roommate. Step one. Step one. Find out what she's allergic to. Probably like a shellfish or something. You uh, Step two. You make sure that is in the meal that you thoughtfully cook for her. Mm -hmm. And then step three. Be a freaking hero at the hospital when her throat closes up. Step four. Do a nursing program. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you should probably do that before. Maybe that should be step three. Yeah. Because you might miss your opportunity. Some prerequisites here. I think you could also also just, you know, ask her on a date and uh, she says, no, that's okay. You can get to keep getting to know each other. I don't know. That's probably like plan B. That seems like a very stupid idea. Okay. I'd go with the poisoning. Yeah. Girls like that. Okay. Our last segment. We're going to get a little bit artsy here with some poetry corner. Poetry corner. We discuss um, different words assembled in a pleasing order uh, for the ears. We uh, really hope that you enjoy the words that we've strung, strung, uh, strung, strung together for you. Thank you. Now, Steve, I understand that you have a poem that you'd like to read us today. I've got I got a few to choose from for you guys, but uh, I wrote a haiku the other day. Maybe I can read that for you guys. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. I'm holding out judgment until I hear it. Okay, here we go. I don't like haiku. Syllables too hard to fit. Can never quite fin. Thank, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's probably the only poem that has ever made me cry. I'm touched by how touched you guys are. Yeah. That was really beautiful. You know, that really comes from, there's almost like an outline to life that you have to follow. But sometimes that, that outline gets cut short before you can get there to the finish line or you know maybe a relationship it cuts off before it's done before you can really seal the deal and take her to pound town and you, you think you gotta try you gotta you gotta always try your hardest in life and, and push forward and uh really you know, if you want to get to Pound Town, you gotta... Stop saying Pound Town! What's wrong with Pound Town? No! That's my censored version of fucking... I was gonna say way worse shit! Alright, that was episode 67 of the SNM Experience. Thanks for joining us. Just a reminder, the Potty Awards are coming up. That's for the uh, for excellence in podcasting. Please go vote for us. I hope we make Potty. Yeah, me too. Hope we get in the number one Potty. Or number two is good too. I prefer number two. Mmm... I've been your host, Matthew Miner. I'm Jen Pepper. I'm Jen Pepper. No, you're Stephen Holmes. I'm Stephen Holmes. And I'm Aaron Neep. Thank you for stopping by, Aaron. It's no been problem. fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we, we don't have guests too often, but it's nice when we do. I can tell you, I'm looking forward to episode 69. <laughs> Why? It's... So... Just, I'm a little lost as well. You don't... Jen, you get me. You get me, right? Jen, you get me? Mm. 69. Oh, like the jersey number. Yeah, my favorite sports ball player, Ralph McDickle. Number 69 for the 
for the St. Louis Wild Men. Sorry, guys, I don't really follow sports. What what sport is this? Sports ball. With the sports, they put the ball in the, the goal. Yeah. I also like 69 because it's simultaneous oral sex. Oh. Okay. Steve, this is a PG podcast. Shut it down. Sorry. I'm a bigger fan of number 11. Good old missionary. I'll explain. We'll, we'll sign off. We'll, yeah. yeah. I'll explain. So, yeah. That's the SNM experience. Signing off. So, when you guys want to, when, when there's a girl that you like, mm. you want to. Time to go. Hey, you dipshits. Get the fuck out of here. Touch me, Grandpa.